0: The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church
1: and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Good morning and welcome to Ambassador Baptist Church. We are wrapping up our series this morning entitled Habits of Grace. Uh, This morning we're going to be in Matthew chapter number six. Stand with me, if you would, as we get ready to read the scripture. Well, throughout this series, we've been studying Bible passages that deal with different sacred practices. And as we've said over and over again, these practices, they're not ways to create God's grace. When a runner is running a marathon and they open their mouth to breathe in oxygen, when they open up that mouth and they take that breath, they're not creating oxygen. They're just taking in the oxygen that's already there. And in much the same way, these sacred practices, these sacred uh, disciplines, these habits of grace, as we call them, position us and they position our hearts so that we can experience the grace that God freely gives we've looked at the habit of Bible reading in different ways we can intake the Bible through study and through reading and through memorization and through meditation and oftentimes you'll hear people say man I just don't hear from God and that they never crack open their Bible God wants to speak to us God is speaking to us right in his word we looked at the sacred habit of prayer and how we can enjoy Jesus by talking to him By speaking with our Heavenly Father, when we go into that prayer time in the spirit of faith, believing that because I'm God's child, He's going to listen to me right now. We saw how when we go into that prayer time, it can be this rich experience as we enjoy Jesus through prayer. We've looked at fasting. We've looked at church attendance. We've looked at listening to preaching. All these different sacred habits, they're not just things that we want to do to go through the motions and to do them for duty's sake. They really are Habits of grace that when we go into them with the spirit of faith, believing that I'm going to encounter God, when I open up my Bible, I'm gonna hear from God. When I pray, I'm talking to Jesus. When I go and worship with church family, I'm gathering together as the body of Christ so that we can sit and listen to God preaching. When we go into these things with a heart of faith, it's amazing the grace that we get to experience there in those places. Each of these sacred practices that we've been studying are ways that the Bible promises us to help us experience God's amazing grace in much deeper ways than we currently are right now. So as we practice these with the spirit of faith, they help us to enjoy our relationship with Jesus far more than we could ever imagine. And this morning, Pastor is going to conclude this series, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 33. The Bible says, But seek ye first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you
0: once again thank you and welcome to ambassador baptist church during this christmas holiday season and it's been a wonderful time of the year and you are now officially with us for the very last sermon in our fall series habits of grace and so if you were here from the beginning let me just commend you for your faithfulness, and hopefully, a few of these messages have really resonated with your heart. And, and I hope more than anything, than more than just learning and, and gaining some intellectual understanding about Bible reading and prayer and fasting, that God is really stirring within you a desire to lean into some of these habits of grace so that you might enjoy Christ a little bit more fully, that you might experience His grace a little bit more richly, and ultimately that you would glorify Christ in the world in which you live. And that's really the heartbeat of all this, so let me just thank you so much uh, for being a part of this today. We've had an exciting week. I just want to say thank you to those of you uh, who wish me a happy birthday this week. I officially turned 36 years old, and so that was a fun accomplishment for me, and I don't know exactly what that means if I'm getting older, starting to get gray, and some of that stuff, but thank you so much for all your well wishes, and we love each each and every one of you, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, this weekend, we had a group that uh, spent some time at the Fresno Rescue Mission and spent a couple of days there. And uh, for those of you who were a part of that experience, I know it was incredibly enriching. I enjoyed uh, my time there. I know many of you uh, enjoyed what God taught you. Is we're just ministering to the last, uh, the lost, and the least. And so, Margie, thank you so much for uh, your influence there and uh, how God's using you uh, in that way. Well, we're going to dive into this this morning, and uh, I'm going to say from the outset that this sermon is going to be highly, highly practical. Each week, we've been looking at the theological foundation for each of these habits, where in the scriptures uh, these things are talked about and and taught. And so today, more than just learning about these sacred habits or these uh, sacred rituals, We're going to talk a little bit about how to make these a regular part of our everyday life. Um, One of my concerns with doing a series like this is that our church would walk away and be like, Oh, I know more about fasting now. I know more about Bible reading now. But then we never actually look for practical, functional ways to make these actual habits in our everyday life. And, and not that we just want to make them habits for the sake of habits because how many of you realize that the last thing Christianity needs in America is more Christians just going through the ritual, just going through the motions of these things. That, that's not what America needs. That's not what our church needs. What we need are Christians that are experiencing the grace that God makes available to them in some incredible ways. And, and I think there are some people in here and quite frankly, you just need to to enjoy your relationship with Jesus more than you are right now. And these are things mentioned in the scripture that God promises to use to stir up our affection for Jesus and our ability to really enjoy our relationship with him on an ongoing basis. And so today, very practically, we're going to talk about how to actually make these habits habits, all right, if will allow us to do that. So I'm going to say from the outside, uh, outset, this is just going to be very practical. I hope it will be a help to you, and we're going to take some wisdom principles from the scripture about how to develop some of these things in our everyday life. Now, our theme for this particular series has simply been this, sacred practices like reading the Bible and prayer and fasting, these things do not cause God to love you more. This is very important that we understand. That's impossible. God cannot love you any more than he does right this very moment. But these things can, when done with a heart of faith, it can help us to love God more. And that's really what's important, that our affections and love for God would be stirred up. So these sacred practices don't cause God to bless us more, like somehow God's withholding his spiritual blessings from us. No, these are things that allow us to bless God more. And it allows us to glorify Him and and to experience His grace. Not just to go through the dead ritualism of, you know, uh, habits. And we don't want to just be a part of a religion. We want to be a part of a relationship that's thriving and ongoing. And God uses these sacred rituals to stir this up in our hearts and in our lives, all right? So our theme for this service today is simply this. First, we form habits. And then our habits form us. There's some wisdom to that. See, every one of us have habits in our lives. And the habits that we have chosen and the habits that we have created oftentimes are creating the life that you and I are now experiencing. And so that's kind of the heartbeat. So I want to ask you this question. How are your current habits influencing you? Are they having a positive, healthy impact? Or are they destructive? Are they hurting your relationship and your walk with the Lord? So how are your habits influencing your life? That's really what we're looking at here a little bit today and what we want to talk a little bit about this morning. And so how are these things making a difference in your life? Matthew chapter number 6 is where we were reading a moment ago. Let's dive right in it to our Bible study. Matthew chapter number 6 verse 33 says this, but seek ye, let's get interactive for a moment. What's the next word? First, the kingdom of God. His righteousness and then all these other things shall be added unto you. Which leads us to our first wisdom thought this morning when it comes to developing and practicing these sacred habits. Number one, we have to prioritize the sacred habit. We've got to prioritize this thing. You say, why is it that in our heart... In the unseen realm in our lives, we need to prioritize these things because, you know what, what gets prioritized tends to get done. So let me give you a couple of quick reasons why I believe it's important to prioritize some of these sacred habits. Number one, because God's will is good. God's will is good. God is not drawing you and giving you opportunities into things that are ultimately going to hurt you. His will is good. His will is healthy. And the things that he gives you the opportunity to do are ultimately for your good. And they don't always feel good in the moment, but they are ultimately for your good. I will say secondly, because God's glory is important as we invite you into these habits of grace, it's so that your life can radiate to the glory of God. And let me remind you, church, that is your primary purpose for living, that your life would radiate and redound to the glory of Christ in the eyes of your children. Within the focus of those around you, that your life would radiate to the glory of God. And God uses these habits of grace, not so we can, you know, be all legalistic and feel superior to everybody else who doesn't, but so that our lives can experience the grace and more deeply enjoy the relationship with Christ. And so, let me say, thirdly, why I think we should prioritize these habits. Yes, God's will is good. God's glory is important, but I want to say thirdly, because your joy is at stake. You can experience a measure of happiness in lesser things than Jesus. But as we've said before, happiness is based on happenstance. Happiness is based on situations. But God wants to invite you into something deeper than just happiness he wants you to invite you into his joy and you experience his joy and the fruit of his spirits on deep profound ways as we stir within us these habits of grace and and that's why I want to invite you into creating some habits in your life I want to invite you into this so because God's will is good for you Because His glory is so important to be lived out through your life. Because your ultimate joy is at stake. And I want to invite you to truly experience the fruit of the Spirit, His love and His joy and His peace. It's available to every person in this room, but not every person in this room is experiencing it. And that's why I want to invite you in to prioritizing some of these habits of grace my friends, if we're going to prioritize sacred habits in our lives, we must learn to say no to lesser things. This is, this, is, this is a key part of wisdom when it comes to priorities. How many of you, like me, as your life moves forward, your kids start getting older, some of you have teenagers, how many of you finding your life is busier than it was 10 years ago? Man, you got teenagers. Some of you, man, you're in the thick of your work, and, and life gets busier. And here's what's interesting. As, as human beings, we're really good at adding new priorities and adding things to our schedule, but we're not as good at taking things away. On an annual basis, I have to sit down around the end of the year and say, okay, Lord, what are you, what are you calling me into? What is it that you're inviting me to take on as a new opportunity And then by grace, I kind of try to submit to that, but then the second question I ask the Lord is, Lord, what is it that you're asking me to lay aside? Because I can't just keep taking on and keep taking on and keep taking on, but not laying some things down. And you know what? Over the years, there's been some things that I have enjoyed, some things that would be my preference that are not bad things, they're not evil things, they're not wicked things, they're not sinful things, but... God, in his loving providence, has, in, has asked and invited me to lay some things aside for a season so that I can have margin in my life for greater things, for more important things. Let me ask you this question. You will not be able to prioritize these habits of grace if you do not first ask yourself, what am I going to say no to, to, to create margin for it? This is one of the big secrets of habits. Habits. It's really hard to say yes until you first said no to something else. What is it that you're going to say no to so you can say yes to something else? I'll say this. Pastor Nick mentioned this a few months ago, and I loved it. It's just stuck with me when he preached a message about three or four months ago. He said this. Don't let your loudest desires crowd out your deepest desires. Your emotions want a lot. In fact, your emotions want more than you're physically capable of experiencing. And yet the Bible says, in your new nature, there are very deep desires that the Spirit of God has placed within you. These are the real you now. These are true desires. But too often, we as Christians allow our loud, emotional desires to get rank over our deepest desires that the Holy Spirit of Christ subtly draws us to. What wins out in your life, the loudest emotional desires or your deepest spiritual desires, the real you, the real you? Colossians 3 verse 1 says this, if ye then be risen with Christ, so the apostle Paul is writing to the church at Colossae and the Christians there and he says, hey, if you're saved, if you've been risen with Christ, that means your old self is dead, the old you is gone. You're a new creature in Christ. If you've been saved, that past life that you were a part of, that's not you anymore. And your emotions are going to try to tell you, no, that's still you. And your friends are going to try to convince you, no, the old you is still you. You're you're a lot of aspects of your being are going to try to tell you, no, the old you is the real you. And the Bible says, no, the old you has been crucified with Christ. And you are now raised to newness in life with new desires and new priorities and new values. And he says, if you are risen with Christ, he says this, Seek those things which are above. He calls you to higher priorities. We want to make sure we are prioritizing, and one of the ways we do that is by making sure that we prioritize by getting the most important things in first and those other things will follow, all right? So we say, number one, prioritize the sacred habit. Prioritize it. Let's keep moving here, all right? Ecclesiastes chapter number three, verse one gives us our second thought this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter number three, verse one says this, to everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heavens. So number one, if we're going to create some sacred habits in our life, number one, we've got to prioritize the sacred habit. But number two, we need to plan the sacred habit. We need to plan the sacred habit. So here's a couple of thoughts when it comes to planning sacred habits. Number one, ask yourself this question. What habit will I choose? What habit? We've talked a lot about different ones. Bible reading. Bible reading. Saturating ourselves in the Bible. Maybe, maybe this thing of prayer and experiencing and talking to God through regular prayer and maybe having a prayer journal or something along those lines. Uh, maybe it's something else, you know, like fasting, and this is something you want to incorporate into the routine of your life. But ask yourself, what habit will we choose? Number two, ask yourself this question when it comes to planning it. When will you do it? When will you do it? What habit will you choose? When will you do it? That's, you know Somebody once said, what gets scheduled gets done. See, a lot of people have good intentions to do these things. In fact, I think most of you, if I were to go to you and say, hey, do you intend to read your Bible? Every person would be like, of course. But then life hits, and functionally it doesn't happen. And I'm not here to judge you and say, why aren't you reading your Bible? I'm here to say, you're missing out on some of the joy of your Christian experience. I'm not lamb blasting you. I'm saying God, has, God wants you to experience something more. He wants, to ex- he wants you to experience something greater. And that's why we, we call you into this. What habit will you choose? When will you do it? Number three, where will you do it? Uh, for those of you who have kids running around the house, It's it's very important that you are strategic about where you will do some of these sacred habits, you know. You do it at home, in an office, where you have another place outside the home where you'll practice whatever it is this spiritual habit is. As we're planning these things, it's very important that we are practical. How how are we going to plan it? What habit are we going to choose? When are we going to do it? Where will we do it? Proverbs chapter number 16, verse 3 says this Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thought shall be established. Notice that. There's some wisdom there. Commit it to the Lord. Say, Lord, what is it that you would want? What sacred habit do you want me to do? God, when do you want me to do it? Where do you want me to do it? Somebody once said this Those who fail to plan, anybody know the rest? Plan to fail. You say I'm not planning to fail when it comes to sacred habits, but if you're not planning, it probably won't happen. And I, and I love you guys. I'm am f- for you. We we've all struggled with these things. I think every one of you have the intention of glorifying God and experiencing His joy through these sacred habits. But if we were to be real with ourselves, honestly, when life hits, when when do they actually get? When are they getting done? You say, you just want us to do this, you know, because we're supposed to be good Christians. No, I want your joy to be full. I want you to experience the fruit of the Spirit. I want your life to redound to the glory of God. I want you to live a life that you were designed to live. That's that's why we call you into these things, and yet, if we don't prioritize them, if we don't plan them, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Uh, When Jenny and I first moved to Fresno, it's, it's hard to believe we're going, I think it's been about nine years ago now, that we came, and uh, Lord led us here to serve as the pastor at this church. I remember early on, we decided, you know what, you know, we're going to we're going to take some time and so we, we decided that we were going to go up to the Pine Lodge Resort there at Bass Lake. How many of you have been there or you're familiar with it a little bit right outside of Bass Lake and so we decided we were going to go there and so we jumped in the car one evening. We are going to stay there for a night and, and uh, we were looking forward just to an evening together and, and we started driving and uh, as we were driving my wife asked me, hey did you print out a map? You know, this is the time before you had it all on your phone and stuff like that and, and I told her something to the effect of, you know what, I grew up here in the Central Valley, I know my way around, we're going to be all right. And basically, in my head, I was thinking, and because I'm a man, Men don't need directions, right? You know, we just know where we're going, and we do it. And so I got on the road, and uh, we were excited about it. I took the 168. I found Toll House Road. I started taking Toll House Road toward uh, Prather, and then to Awberry and we're driving up Toll House Road. Some of you know where that is, and you, we started going up the mountain there, and we're driving for a while, and we're excited. And, and uh, all of a sudden, we, we see the lake in the distance, and as we're coming closer to the lake, we see a big sign. And the sign said, Shaver Lake, <laughs> My wife said, hey, I, th- I thought we were going to, going to Bass Lake. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, there's a lot of different lakes up here. I said, we're just going to keep driving, you know. And so we kept driving, you know. I said, I know my way around. And so we drove a little bit further, and, and then we saw the lake, and we we're like, okay. I thought, we're there. This is awesome. And we saw the sign, Huntington Lake. <laughs> and about that time, I thought, man, I, I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> Bass Lake is over by Oakhurst." <laughs> I started, I said, you know what, honey, I think we took a wrong turn, you know, and so I turned around, and we start driving all the way back from Huntington Lake, you know, all the way back down through Shaver, and at the time, I didn't know a quick way to get there, and so we start driving down into Fresno, and Jenny, Jenny said, why, why are we back in Fresno? I, I said, I told you, I took a wrong turn, <laughs> We got on the 41, we started driving up, you know, toward Oakhurst, and finally we got there about three hours later than we were planning on get there, you know. And uh, the deal is sometimes when we don't make a plan, we can end up somewhere that we weren't planning on going. And I'm here to say this. It might be in your spiritual journey, you might end up some places that you didn't intend to be, not because you didn't want to be somewhere else, not because you didn't have the intention to be somewhere else, but you just failed to plan adequately. You just lacked a little bit of wisdom when it came to some very functional aspects of the Christian experience. And what I want to invite you into this morning is just, I want to, I want to ask you as my friends, I want to encourage you to be a little intentional as we move into the year 2017 with these habits of grace. Grace. I know each and every one of you intend for your life to glorify God. I know every person in here intends to experience a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. I know that's your heartbeat. I know that's your desire. But with the busyness of schedules and all the things on our plate, it's very easy to allow these deep priorities, these deep desires to be lost among our loudest priorities and our loudest desires. We need to be intentional about planning these sacred habits. Number one, prioritize the sacred habit. Prioritize it in your heart. Be willing to say no to lesser things so you can say yes to greater things. Plan the sacred habit. What habit? Where? When? Number three, James chapter number one, verse 22 says this. James chapter number one, verse 22 says this. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. I'll be the first one to admit, I've been guilty of this. How many of you have deceived yourself? (laughs) I know what the Bible says, and then all of a sudden, we're content with that. We know what the Bible teaches on a subject. And the enemy seduces us into thinking that just because we know it we're good. But the reality is if we're going to experience the riches of Christ if we're going to truly enjoy the grace that he makes available to us we need to get his grace and help to be doers of the word and not hearers only. I think this is one of the big plagues of the church today is we have a lot of excellent hearers and learners and knowers but the doing's where it gets tricky, isn't it? And and not because we don't want to not because we don't intend to but because our life is crazy in the 21st century. Busy, overwhelming and stressful Number one, prioritize the sacred habit. Number two, plan the sacred habit. Number three, I want to encourage you to practice the sacred habit. It's one thing to know about it. It's one thing to learn it. And that's, this whole series is trying to help you understand what these sacred habits are and why they're important to our daily life. But it's an entirely different thing to actually practice a habit. How many of you could imagine if I... Took my kid who was maybe five or six years old Took Landon out there to learn how to swim And I sat him down in a classroom And I pulled out the charts And I started drawing things on the, on the chalkboard there Whatever the case may be And I gave him all the intellectual information On knowing how to swim But we never actually got in the pool And then after like years of teaching him academically I just took him and I just threw him in the deep end How many of you think that, that, might, be, that might be a little difficult? Can I say this? One of the best ways we learn is by doing. And especially if you're a perfectionist, you don't want to start doing until you know you have it down perfectly. And can I say this? For some of us, we just got to kind of jump in the deep end and just start practicing it a little bit. You might not be the best prayer warrior the first time you try. You might not understand everything you read in the Bible the first time, but that's how you get better at it, by doing it. John 13 verse 17 says this. If you know these things. This is, I love this verse. If you know these things. Happy are ye if you do them. Here's what's being implied here. You can know them and not experience all the joy that God has for you. Can I I say this? If you if you come to church just to learn something, that's great. Some of you are very intellectually inclined. I think my personality tends toward this, so I I can be guilty of this at times. Like, I'm like, I know this. Teach me something new. And God says, joy doesn't come in knowing, but in experiencing it. And in doing it, this is where the joy comes from in doing and practicing these things. I think this might be in your service program, But joy-filled Christians have developed habits of grace that joyless Christians just haven't. And I know that sounds blunt, but Christians who are filled with the joy of the Lord, many of them have just developed some of these habits that joyless Christians just haven't prioritized and haven't planned. This is not about being superior to another Christian. This is not about being legalistic and going through the motions of something and doing it so you can feel superior and arrogant and proud to everybody who doesn't. This is about glorifying Christ. This is about enjoying the, the really enjoying the joy of your salvation. It's, it's about, it's, it's for your good. Now, I want to say this. It's very, very important that each and every one of these habits, regardless of which ones we're talking about, are entered into with a posture of Faith. You say, I've tried to pray before. I've gone to church before. I've read my Bible. It don't do nothing. If you don't enter into these habits of grace with a posture of faith, of dependence upon the Spirit of God and humility, expectation, believing that God's going to use this habit of grace to minister to your soul, if you don't enter into it with a spirit of faith, can I say this? It will have no effect on you spiritually. And this is why many of you come to church and don't get anything out of it and why some of you open up the Bible and get nothing out of it and you'll spend time in prayer and say, what's the point of all this? Because you go to it with a posture of the heart that this is duty. This is what good Christians are supposed to do. And the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For they that come to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We have to enter into any of these habits of grace with a heart posture of faith and dependence and expectation and belief that God is going to use this for my good and for his glory. Without that, it's all vain. And this is where many folks, myself included, struggle. I go through it with a sense of duty and then wonder, what's the point? Every time you walk in these back doors, man, pray, bow, bow your heart and say, God, independence upon you. I'm not depending on a pastor. I'm not depending on a, a worship song. I'm not depending on my emotional state. God, I am fully dependent on the Spirit of God right now. And I am expecting that your Holy Spirit's gonna use your holy word to change my heart today. I'm dependent upon it. I'm expecting it. I'm anticipating it. We that needs to be the posture of our heart every time we come into a, a church building, anytime we open up the scriptures, anytime we enter into his presence with prayer, has to come with that heart posture. Or else, we're just going through motions. Religious duty that will that will have, that will be to none effect. So let me, let me just talk for a second. Maybe this will help you because I I, str- I struggle with this. Can I just be transparent? So here, here's here's how sometimes I will struggle, and in the past I've struggled when it comes to any of these habits of grace. I, I want to avoid two extremes. I don't want to do something just out of duty. I don't want to read my Bible just because it's what good Christians are supposed to do. You ever, you ever been there before? I don't want to just go to church just because it's what good Christians do, and I'm trying to use it to reinforce my identity to myself and those around me. So I go to church out of duty. But I also don't want to be the type of Christian who says, God doesn't care if I go to church. I just do whatever I want. It doesn't matter. Both of those extremes will steal your joy both of those extremes will keep you from glorifying Christ both of those extremes will keep you from experiencing the fruit of the spirit we don't want to get caught in this extreme of doing it out of duty but we also don't want to get caught in this extreme of like doesn't matter case or a so that leaves us with a dilemma see a lot of us tend to think and i can do this too that if i don't feel like doing something then the only way I can do it is out of duty. Because we put a really high priority on our emotions. And this is highly dangerous for believers to do. Let me explain. I often have seasons in my life where one of these habits of grace has just turned into more of a burden than a delight. Have you been here before? More of a duty? And you're just going through the motions of it? Just going through the ritualism in it, and it no longer feels like a relational give and take. Now it all of a sudden just feels like this is what I do, and I don't even know why I'm doing it. You say, Pastor, how do you how do you navigate that? As I have studied the Word of God, when I find myself in that place, I'll I'll bow my knee and get on my just between me and the Lord, and say, God, I don't feel like reading my Bible. I'm going to be honest with you. My emotional state doesn't feel like practicing this habit of grace. But dear God, I know by faith that my new nature does desire it. That my soul at the deepest part of my life does desire to commune with you. My emotions are telling me I don't want to. But I believe deep down that the truest, most genuine part of my soul does desire to commune with you. And so God, I'm gonna depend upon you. I expect to meet with you even if my emotions never validate it. I believe, God, that you're gonna speak to me and I'm going to speak to you in prayer, even if my emotions never catch up, I'm going to believe that you are working under the surface. Underneath my emotions. In ways that I'm not feeling emotionally See, this is what's so dangerous. Many of you have confused your emotions for your spiritual state, and it has caused you havoc in your Christian life. You don't know the difference between your emotions and your spiritual state, and so it's crushing you and destroying you because you feel like, well, I don't feel like reading my Bible, therefore, I'm going to go to this extreme and not do it. I don't feel like going to church, therefore, I'm going to go to the other extreme and not do it. Guys, I want to encourage you with this. You can transcend both of those extremes by saying, God, I don't feel like doing it emotionally but I believe that my new nature because of your new nature is Jesus and in ways that your emotions are trying to convince you is not you your real you desires to commune with God and to talk with him and to hear from him and to serve and to love this is what your true nature actually desires and you go to God and say God By faith, even though I don't feel it, God, I believe that you are working in spite of my feelings. And then, with a heart of faith, oftentimes I'm still not feeling it. I'll enter into the word of God. Open it up. Read through it with a a heart posture of dependence and expectation that God's working, even if I don't feel it. And my friend, that is not duty. It may feel like duty, but because it comes from a different place in your soul, you have just transcended that. Now, this is experiential about what I'm going to say next, but oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes when I go through that process, I get out on the other end, and then the emotion hits me afterwards. I'll be like, oh, it doesn't always happen, but it's a blessing when it does. See, most of us, we only do what we do when we feel like it first. Now, here's the danger with that. Can, can, you, can you hang with me for a second? I don't wanna be careful how I say this, but for some of us, when we only do what we do when we feel like it, It's not actually dependence upon God. It's the flesh. And so we're going to church because we feel like it. (laughs) And we're reading our Bibles because we feel like it. But slowly over time, we stop going to God and saying, God, I know I feel like doing this, but God, just because I'm feeling it emotionally, doesn't mean my heart posture is in a place of dependence and expectation and anticipation. I will say it's easier when the emotions lead but it could be leading you into flesh dependence. I got this. I can read my Bible. I can pray. I'm feeling great. This is awesome. And all the while, you're starting to corrode the foundation of dependence and trust and expectation and anticipation that God can do what your emotional state can't do. Does this make sense? Your emotions can hurt you on both ends. Praise God for emotions. How many of you, how many of you are thankful that, man, when you, if, when you get to church and it feels good and you got a song and it, woo, it feels awesome and you read your Bible and you commune with God and you're like, I was in the heavens. It was amazing. It was awesome. How many of you like that? I think we all do. But your spiritual state is not dependent upon that. Your spiritual state is dependent on the Spirit of God, regardless of the emotional state. Don't confuse your emotions. With your spiritual state. <laughs> Prioritize the sacred habit. Plan the sacred habit. Then practice it. Practice it by faith. Get your heart postured, dependent on God. Expecting, anticipating whatever He's drawing you into. Couples, when you come to church, it might be a good thing for you to spend some time in the prayer uh, in the car on your way over and say, God, prepare our hearts. When you open the Bible, just Pray what the psalmist prayed. God, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of thy word. Pray. Lastly, Galatians 6 verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Prioritize the sacred habit. Plan the sacred habit. Practice the sacred habit. Let me give you one more. By God's grace, I want to encourage you to persevere in the sacred habit. And let me add a little caveat, especially when you don't feel like it. This is what gets most of us off. When we don't feel like doing it, we don't. Now, if you're not feeling it, don't just do it anyways. Tell God. Say, God, my emotions are not feeling this but I'm trusting that you are greater than my emotional state, my feelings. And God, give me the strength to do it even though my emotional state is not energizing this. And then persevere by faith, anticipating that his grace will sustain you every step of the way. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable notice this always abounding in the work of the lord for you know that your labor is not in vain in the lord this has to be done with the spirit of faith do you see we're trying to avoid two extremes here we're going to avoid the extremes of just duty but we also want to avoid the extreme of you know doesn't matter i don't have to do anything Both extremes will steal your joy, rob you of your ability to glorify Christ and experience the good that he has, persevere. Somebody once said it this way, you'll rarely see your life changed until you change something you do on a regular basis. You'll rarely see your life changed until you change something you do on a regular basis. What is it? What is it? that the Holy Spirit of God is leading you to add to your life on a regular basis. This is not about guilt tripping you. This is not about, you know, forcing people to go through rituals. I am praying that in the year 2017, some of you will experience your relationship with Christ in a way that you've never experienced before and that you'll enjoy it in a way that you've never enjoyed it before. That's my desire for you. That's my heart for you, that this thing would become more than just religion and ritual, but this thing would become a relationship with the God of the universe through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, as I've said before, this sermon must be interpreted within the context of faith and humility Everything we've talked about by prioritizing it and planning it, all of this has to be entered into with a heart posture of faith, believing that God's grace will sustain you through it. If you go into this thing with this sense of duty or this sense of, you know, I can do this, you'll fail. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament the arm of the flesh will fail. We need to enter into this with a spirit of humility that says, God, if, if you don't empower this thing, I'm, I'm destined to fail at some point with a heart posture of expectation that says, God, I actually believe you can sustain me even when my emotions aren't feeling it. I believe you're greater than my emotional state. I believe that. I'm anticipating you to give me sustaining strength and sustaining grace, even when the house gets busy and work gets crazy and and my emotions are all over the place. God, I believe you can give me a sustaining grace in the midst of that to persevere believing that God can do what our flesh cannot do. A couple of years ago we were talking about some sacred habits and one of the men in our church got burdened about just the word of God. And so for over the next couple of months he began to pen the Bible word by word. He wanted to ingest it into his life. And so he just began to write and he began to write and he began to write until he wrote all the way through the book of Genesis and then Exodus and all the way through the Pentateuch. And then it wasn't long before he got to, you know, the wisdom passages of Scripture into to the minor prophets and the major prophets And the day came when he had completely written out the Old Testament of the Word of God by hand. And he thought, you know what, I'm not going to stop there. Then he began to pen out the New Testament, the Gospels, the Epistles. You know, the the revelation. And then one day, he was able to completely write out the entire Word of God. And I'm going to just tell you, it had an impact it began to change some things from the inside out in some pretty profound ways now I'm not telling you to write out the Bible but what I'm asking you is this what is the Holy Spirit leading you to do I know for a fact he did not feel like doing this every day, but he believed by faith that God would give him the grace to sustain. What sacred habit is God calling you into that will draw you into experiencing his grace in a deeper, more profound way? How does he want to lead you? You say, why? Why practice these habits of grace so our joy can be full? That is why. So your life can glorify Christ in those around you. So you can experience your relationship with Jesus in ways much deeper and more profound than you are right now. That is why I'm inviting you into this. God doesn't want something from you. God wants something for you. But he uses the grace of these sacred habits to allow us to experience that which is already available to us in our lives. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.